Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. The council's plans to reopen uh, Limerick City, the draft guiding Limerick through COVID-19 plan has been featured on this programme many times before to discuss the council's plans. And we're also joined by Anne O'Donnell of O'Donnell Boutique and Paul Williams from Canteen on Catherine Street. They're all with us on the line this morning. A lot of controversy. You have spoken about it. Uh, They had planned to pedestrianise all of Catherine Street, but that's now changed. Explain to me what is the current plan. First of all, Gillian, I'm not exactly sure what the current plan is. I tried to look it up last night um, on limerick.ie and every place else, but I haven't been communicated clearly what the current plan is. So I don't know, but I know that their initial plan was to pedestrianise the two blocks further up from me and Catherine Street. So that is the block from Roche Street to Cecil Street and Cecil Street onwards. Now, a lot of my fellow traders are against this plan, but I think that Generally speaking, we are for any plan. I I think the plan is a good plan, but I think that we're for any plan, generally speaking, if it was approached, if they were asked in advance, but the plan was announced and nobody knew anything about it. That's number one. Number two, those two blocks from from Rochester Street Corner up to Cecil Street and onwards don't have a lot of businesses trading on them. So if the streets are pedestrianised, like where, what's the overflow? It's the overflow out onto the streets. What is it going to be? From Flannery, one from Flannery's Pub, which would be great. The other one from the canteen restaurant and maybe the commercial bar. But that's all the businesses on that street. There aren't any other businesses. So I think that where the mistake is being made, to be honest, is the corporation aren't taking into account the ratepayers and they're not respecting them enough to ask them in advance what they think. Like, basically, the city has to be opened. The closed units have to be opened. Landlords have to be incentivized to get with a tax break, to get retailers to come in. There has to be a manager in place. Celia is doing a great job, or Cecilia is doing a great job, but she's entertainment and events. There has to be a manager in place to get retail units open. Dunn stores opposite Brown Thomas's are closed for 20 years. That can't be. You'd, you know, retail is short for... It's, it's quick changing. We can't be talking about ter- a plan of 30 years. We have to talk about that in the long term. But equally, things have to be done in the immediate term or the, the city will die. It's oh. like, getting to a frightening situation that we're talking about it for 20 years and nothing is happening. If you look at Galway, Dunn stores have three small units in Galway what, in the city centre. One of them is the Paul Costa unit. One of them is Dunn's own Savita brand. And one of them is Home Rate Wears. Why can't they be open here? Why are they allowed to do that? Well, they do have a massive unit on Henry Street, to be fair. And Why are they allowed to have closed units, two closed units, actually, up to Fran Thomas's in the city, up to Fran Thomas in the city centre? Please tell me. Okay, well... Why are... I can't get it. It's, that's a separate issue, and I, I do understand your frustration with that, but I, I want to get the detail on what was agreed upon by the council this week. And Councillor Sasha Novak of the Green Party is on the line. Good morning to you, Sasha. Good morning, Gillian. Okay, so what was agreed was basically a, a backtrack on the, the pedestrian side or pedestrianisation part of the plan, which... Uh, In the original plan, we were talking about uh, 11 uh, a.m. to, you know, late uh, every day, um, seven days a week. 
uh, on the streets like Catherine Street, uh, Denmark Street, Upper Denmark Street, Robert Street, uh, Nicholas Street, and uh, down at Howley Ski. This has all been then reversed to uh, the Sunday from 11 to 2 a.m. Monday uh, to potentially, with a promise, uh, also put it in place in some evenings on Thursday or Friday or Saturday, uh, seeing how it would go on those particular streets, except Nicholas Street, that was that I think has kept uh, the majority of the, the pedestrian times. Uh, the rest of the plan didn't change. What I'm talking in terms of events and business support and um, cycle track uh, um, cycle track uh, plans that were that were in the plan. But what my issue was with this particular these particular changes is that you know obviously we listened to to the traders who were worried about um, uh, pedestrianising streets, uh, but we didn't listen to the people who would actually be using these streets. Uh, who were saying, well, we'll come into the city if the streets are safe. Uh, why would you come into the city after 6 p.m. Uh, on a weekend with a family when the shops are closed, when cafes are closed, uh, if you don't frequent with a family pubs and restaurants? It, it's not really an attractive thing to do. So those were the changes. And it, it, it didn't make sense that when 90% of the plan was not changing, but the 10% of the plan that would basically guarantee the other part, 90%, to be successful was changed to the extent that now compromises the, the, the possibility of success of, you know, those really great initiatives of entertainment, of business support and so on. Okay, what I understand was the most controversial part of this was the pedestrianisation of Catherine Street. So now we're looking at a part pedestrianisation, is that correct? At one area? Uh, well, yeah, I, I think it's it's gone down to one block, but it's also limited in time to uh, Sunday uh, from 11 o'clock. And maybe, uh, you know, seeing how it goes, if there's events on a Thursday, uh, sorry, from Thursday onwards, maybe uh, Friday or Saturday evenings from 6 p.m. onwards. Anna O'Donnell, what Sasha's saying there is that this is, sounds like the council making an effort to bring more people into I think the city it's great, centre. To be honest, I actually think it's great, and I think it's great that the council are making an effort, and we would be all for pedestrianisation. But I do think it has to be the initial draft would have to be discussed with the traders. That wasn't. That didn't happen. And equally, there is nothing. There is no mention in any of this plan about shops or shopping. You have to have shops, and you have to get empty units open to get people into the city to have a vibrant city. Like Limerick traders love their city. They're passionate about it passionate about it. They've put energy, enthusiasm, drive, initiative, everything into it over the last 40, 50 years. So they're not against things. It just needs to be dealt with properly. And we do need shopping in the city because if we don't have shopping, shopping is a hobby. It's the lifeblood of people. It's the lifeblood of a city. If we don't have that, you know, we can throw our asses at Paul Williams of Canteen on Catherine Street. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Uh, Paul... Your your business is in the section that's going to be pedestrianised. Does that mean that you're pleased? Well, it's actually not going to be pedestrianised. The plan they released last night said it's just going to be pedestrianised from 11 o'clock on Sunday morning till 2 o'clock on Sunday night when the city is the quietest. So it doesn't really make sense to just pedestrianise it for one afternoon. 
Why, why do you think this has happened? Do you think this is the pressure from the traders, from the retailers? Um, yeah, but I don't think anyone has made brave decisions in the city in the last 20 years. If you walk around the city, most of the Georgian centre is crumbling down. No one wants to live in the city, no one wants to own businesses in the city, and no one wants to shop in the city. They go to the Crescent, they go to Castle Troy, they go to Dundrum Centre, they go to Kildare Village for a shopping experience. The difficulty here, though, with the, for the council is that, you know, they did come up with a, a radical plan and then all hell broke loose. Lots of the retailers opposed it, ratepayers opposed it. And I know the public submissions were pretty positive. Or it was 55% in favour, is what I believe. But that's, it's, that's not overwhelming. You know, it's almost 50-50. So I'm not so sure that the, the support from the public was in the majority can, either. Can I come in there, uh, Gillian? You can, cancer. There were there were ratepayers in the in the fifty five percent as well. Uh, so we can't say that there weren't mis- businesses involved in. There was a list of businesses who supported. Uh, I think Paul put that list out, and there was uh, I don't know when I checked, there was over thirty signatures who were also ratepayers in the city who did approve of this plan. And were they all in the hospitality sector? No, I don't think there were. No, they were. There are all different sorts of businesses there. I spoke to a few. Uh, my colleague Sean Hartigan spoke to a few as well. And uh, you know, uh, but if that's the case, why why didn't you stick with the original plan? <laughs> that's a good question. We'd all like to know that. Um, I, I I just like to say I, I think uh, going back to the plan, this this plan came out of nowhere. But so did the pandemic. It came out of nowhere, and we had to adapt. It took us much longer time to adapt than other cities in Ireland took or other local authorities took to adapt. They put out a plan that at the time when it came out, some of us thought actually wasn't ambitious enough. But it, it, it was it was based on international best practice, national best practice. We had planners in the city who did it. The we did put it out for for consultation. So, you know, obviously there wasn't we had to we had or, or the council had to work with, with the situation that they had and that was an emergency public health situation, they need to prepare and they need to put something out. There was two weeks consultation period. So so to say that this particular original plan didn't have any consultation is not the right thing to say. It had consultation, had two weeks of discussion, heated discussions as well. Uh, it had a lot of support from the people, from the citizens who are also stakeholders in this in, in this particular process. Let's not forget that they are the ones who may not pay their, their, their rates, but they spend the money in the city. And if we don't have them coming to the city, spending the money, then the people who are the businesses who are based in the city won't be able to pay their rent because they'll be going out of business. But so what they were saying, they were saying, give us space so we can safely come in with the families. And, and this isn't a radical, this isn't a radical proposal. I mean, just look at Ennis. They do it, they do it every year, and they they they, they adapted and they did it now. Waterford, Dublin. Uh, Malahide did a brilliant job there of pedestrianising streets, putting trees out. And you can see people walking. They can safely distance for the public health reasons and they can safely queue for the shops and spend their money in the shops. And I think that's what we need to remember. This isn't one group of people against the other group of people. We are in this together and we need to support each other. And the way to support each other is to make a compromise, to say we need space, we'll come in, if we have extra space where we feel safe, when we don't have cars on top of us, on top of our children, on top of our elderly.
And that's what we were trying to do. And that's the original plan. Try to do that. It, you know, it, it might might have needed some improvements, but it tried to do that in a very, very good way. The amended plan limited the number of hours or the, or the lateness of the hours of pedestrianisation to such an extent that it's not inviting people into the city, which will in then impact the businesses. Because the shops that want people in the city will be closed at 6 o'clock in the evening or will be closed at 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And so why did you do that then? I don't understand it. If 55% of people were for us, why did you not keep go with your plan and have the courage to go with your plan? I, I had the courage, but there were a couple of colleagues and there were 12 of them on our team who didn't have the courage to do that. And that's unfortunately how it is. I suppose the big mistake that I think that was made really was the, the Department of Transport launched this plan without discussion with any trader. The first thing the traders heard of it was when it was discussed or when it was launched. And then That's when we all heard days. it for the first time. Yes, but and then they had the 12 days. So that you can't do that. You have to re have respect for the people who are paying the rates and who are um, funding the city effectively. So that was probably number one error. And do you believe that, that it would have gone through if they, if they had discussed it with traders Beforehand, do you think that could have gone through if they sat down and showed the traders whereby that they would get guarantee them a, an increase in their business? And also, there has to be the traders, you've no idea the passion that those traders have and what they've gone through. They also have, like, even if they even give, gave them a little incentive, but just sat down and talked to them. You can't just high handedly come along and decide on this thing without discussing it with the people who are keeping the city going. Because it's but, the traders' parking fines and the traders' rates money that keeps the city alive. And we have to. But the city isn't shopping. alive. The city isn't no, well, alive. Well, yes, I know, it's but been you dying know what for I mean. 20 years. The yeah, city well, has been dying for 20 years. And everyone in the, the city knows, and everyone in the county knows. But Galway has gone ahead of Limerick. The Cork has, has gone ahead 100%. of Limerick. The, the Ennis has gone ahead of Limerick. But we keep doing the same thing over and over again and saying we need more cars in the city. We need more parking spaces in the city. And that's going to work. I haven't said we need more cars. We no, but it's, it, it's, it is a regular it argument that comes up on the programme. That no, I just have there's not enough parking spaces in the city that you can't drive in and park anymore and pull up outside the shop. But shopping has changed. The city I think has people... changed. I think people say that because it's a country village, because we don't have enough businesses in the city. If we have a good shopping offering, people will not worry about parking. They'll be delighted you, to park in a car park. When you go to Barcelona, when you go to Copenhagen, when you go to the nice parts of Dublin, people are living in the city, they're eating in the city, they're drinking in the city, and they're shopping in the city. And it's a mix of everything. It's, it's not about the traders. Paul, do you think that the, the opera centre... Um, will bring new life to the city centre and revive the retail offering? We can't take, wait for 2030. It'll take a lot of people out of this centre, the Catherine Street, the Crown Street area, and bring them down to there. So we lose out on this side of the city and there's not enough living or apartment space in it for people to move into. So it's just going to be office space where people drive in and out of the city again. OK, well, we're getting a lot of response from our listeners in the phone and text line in relation to the plan and what's going to happen there. But before I leave the item, I would like to ask you, Councillor Novak, um, about the Green Party and the programme for government. Do you think your party is going to support it? I attended the, the um, convention yesterday and there was a good discussion on both sides. I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that we will support the plan for government. 
And the controversy over the M20 and your colleague there, the Deputy Ossian Smith. Yeah. Has I, that I, done the party I, any any damage or was, we, was that... We, Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah I'm just wondering why he did it because it went against what his party colleague, Deputy Brian Ledden, had said. It went against uh, Minister Patrick O'Donovan, and he rode back on it in the end. Exactly, I can't, I can't speak for what he meant to say. I know from from discussions, I know from what's in the plan for government, I know what's on the on the official website of the project that this is something that is progressing at its normal rate. It hasn't been scrapped. It hasn't been specifically mentioned in the plan for government. The only uh, mention of the roads is that the investment in the roads, in the roads network that connects our cities is going ahead as planned. And uh, I I really can't speak for him uh, and what he meant. It could have been misinterpreted. Uh, And the M20 always comes up as an easy feed to make a controversy. So, you know, I, I would just like to appease the citizens of Limerick and Cork and uh, and the connecting cities that the plan is going ahead. The options that are uh, that, that are uh, were identified in the first phase are being considered, which was a road option and two railway options. That is still going ahead as it was going ahead five days ago. Uh, maybe he misspoke. Maybe he he had a different idea. I don't know. But this is this is what. Uh, the, the state of affairs is. But you're, you are supporting the programme for government and you're hopeful that it does pass through. That's true, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Councillor Sasha Novak, thanks for joining us on Limerick Today this morning and our thanks also to Anna O'Donnell of O'Donnell's Boutique and Paul Williams of Canteen on Catherine Street. Thanks. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.